This is Thomas from Wolfhard and you are listening to Sonic Perspectives. Hi everyone, and welcome to another interview of Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo Altaf, and today I'll be talking to Thomas Salkonen of Wolfheart. Thomas, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, likewise, likewise. You have an album soon to be released on April 10th called Wolves of Karelia. Give us an overview of the record. Uh, it's, a, it's very, very strongly a theme album. It's about a winter war between Finland and Russia that took place through the Second World War in one winter it was it was very short amount of uh, time for war. It was just war, four months, but that was the defining months when it comes to Finnish independence and us being still Finland, not just part of Russia. So, and uh, the name of the album comes also from the region where we lost quite a bit of our land, Russia, and my father's family lines from that area, and uh, the the new border that they set after the. Uh, after the war, it's just seven kilometers from the home farm. And I was I grew up in that area also. So there's I have a very strong personal connection with the album that I didn't have in the previous ones. Oh, wow. And uh, would you say there's a concept throughout the songs and the lyrics? or Because they work as standalones as well, right? Yeah, it's, there, there's a concept. But if the, if the story doesn't continue directly from song to song, it, each, song okay. each set of lyrics is, is based on, uh, on the interviews and stories of the veterans of that war. So all, all the all the lyrics are very strongly connected with the theme, but it's not like it's uh, like this continuous story kind of thing. But it's uh, yeah, and also it's uh, the cover album cover doesn't really reveal the theme because I didn't want to underline the war thing. We are there is already Sabaton from Sweden doing that stuff, and I don't think it would fit to our style to overdo the whole war thing but it's, it's it's the leading theme of the lyrics oh yeah no sabaton is sabaton it's they're doing their <laughs> own thing but uh, no yeah. but I, th I thought this theme was quite unique i mean everybody focuses on war as a whole but you focused on a, a particular battle which is you know it has to do with your heritage so that's quite cool but uh, you you mentioned about the cover it's it's a unique one it has that bleakness of black metal but also an artsy feel to it were you involved in the concept of the cover as well yes I'm sure that one day I will uh, drive my graphic designer crazy with all my <laughs> because I, I'm not a graphic designer myself, so I don't speak that language the same way they probably do. And I have a lot of ideas, a lot of visions, and that I, I would believe that that can be very frustrating for a professional like that. <laughs> but uh, but we we worked together already five years. He does all our T-shirts, all our uh, album graphics, and everything. I love to work with the guy, but yeah, he, he gets a lot of uh, misguided and chaotic information from me. Okay. So I was uh, very much involved. Then again, he did all the work still, so not okay. taking any credit out from him. All right. And you did two very different and interesting videos for, for this release, right? Uh, one is for the song Ashes with the beautiful landscapes, and the other one is Hell of Steel. What can you tell me about those videos? That's uh, the label and the management insisted to have the first single of the Ashes, 
I, I was very strongly against that. But then again, I do understand that I'm a songwriter, so I have a different connection with the songs. Okay. And uh, I, I, I did let them choose the first single song, but uh, they are completely backwards in a way because Hail of Steel is is when the battle begins. It's when the when the all hell breaks loose, and Ashes is the last day of the war when all the uh, cannons and tanks and guns go silent. So it it's basically completely backwards mm. when it comes to the, the the story of well, Hail of Steel is the first song of the album. Ashes is the last one. So they are literally in wrong order. But they the label had also a good point. That uh, if he would have put uh, Hail of Steel as a first single and the video, everything else would have sounded and looked really lame. So it's um, they, there's a good plan, but it's uh, it's just completely backwards. Yeah, oh, it happens from time to time. That's okay. But I do need to ask you about my favorite song on the album, Reaper. What is the intention there with lyrics like facing an enemy greater in numbers, superior in arms, but never in heart? I I love that section, by the way. Yeah, that that basically that's a. That's a whole like uh, the why I wanted to write about this uh, this particular war because uh, when it comes to even like a global war history, it was very extraordinary thing that happened because uh, Finland is a really small country and Russia is huge. Russia has a long history of uh, of being like this uh, great war country and. Uh, Alexander the Great and everything in the past. They have they've been conquering other worlds since the since the beginning of time, basically. Finland, however, we have no we didn't at that point we didn't have any like this kind of history or culture. And uh just to give the paint the picture with numbers, Finland had thirty-two tanks total amount in the whole wow. Finnish army. <laughs> Russia had three thousand. Jesus. And Finland had <laughs> Finland had one hundred and fourteen planes. Russia had almost four thousand planes, and uh, their army, the the army at, at that war particularly, was uh, three times bigger when it comes to manpower. And still, Finnish Finnish army was able to stop uh, Russia from invading the, the country. So that's that's literally like uh, the, that part of lyric that you mentioned. That's just like uh, underlines the whole theme of the album because uh, it didn't make any sense when you look at the statistics or numbers how. Could that, that happen? Except it had to be that the the willpower of the Finnish soldier was just so strong that they didn't just they they clearly decided they're not going to lose the war. Whatever whatever is going to happen. So yeah, triumph over adversity for sure. Yeah, yeah, and at the same time, you know, as bleak as this subject is, there is an instrumental track, "Eye of the Storm," which sort of you know it breaks the pattern a little bit and gives some relief from all the riffage and heaviness in between, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, this album has the fastest songs we ever had in the albums, and it became very aggressive, even though there's a lot of melodic elements still. So I, I wanted to have a little bit of a breather inside the album, so it wouldn't be just overload of uh, blast beats and double bass drums. And also, I was uh, for the lyrics. I was listening and reading a lot of interviews of the veterans, and all the lyrics are based on those interviews. And uh, that was something that came up quite many times, like. Uh, like most of the war being complete chaos and uh, so much violence, so much like uh, destruction. But then the, there was everybody mentioned this kind of same thing, like uh, literally the eye of the storm. Like uh, even between the battles, when your your all your senses get a lot sharper and it feels like time goes slower until you just snap out of it and go back into the battle. But there's a lot of the veterans mentioned this, like uh, 
eye of the storm kind of like uh, effect during the battle. And I, I wanted to like, uh, not just with the musical reason, to have a breather, but also since that came up so many times, I wanted to make it like a musical reference of uh, actual eye of the storm. Right, very cool. It, it's cool that you took all the uh, the messages and the, the statements from all the veterans and added to the story. That's a very cool side of things. And uh, it's at this point, it's your fifth album in seven years of existence. And I read somewhere that you, you only write during the winter months. Do you still follow that schedule or has it changed? No, that, that got completely fucked up on this album. <laughs> but but not, not, uh, not by... Uh, I didn't mean it to go that way, but uh, after the previous album, Constellation of the Black Light came out, we did almost 140 gigs in 10 months. So I was literally touring the whole winter. There was no chance for me to actually stop and start writing music. So I, I took almost like a 10 month of a break of writing any music to Wolfheart, which is the longest I've ever done. And, uh, and when the last tour was over uh, last August, I had like one million ideas in my head. So then it, did, it didn't matter, is it winter or summer? I had that music in my head. And that had to come out. But uh, and I, the winter thing is also because of my profession. I'm a, I've been working as a gardener for 25 years now. Oh, okay. Which means I work half a year in Finland. We don't have that long of a summer. And then I, <laughs> then I have a holiday of another half a year. So it, came, it provided this cycle for me. Like I, I do the gardening stuff in the summer uh, while doing festivals on the weekends. And on the winter, I can just focus on the music. Okay. Well, I'm here in Canada, so I definitely can relate to the lack of sun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, do you see yourself like dedicating full-time to music at one point in time? Or not? Is, is this something you as aspire to do or not really? I don't, I don't think it would be ideal for me. Then again, like um, with the last album being touring that much and then basically throwing myself back to writing more the studio right after the tours, I still had actually time to do few gardening projects. So I think I'm, I just need the balance. I really love, I, I love to work outdoors. I love to build stuff with my hands in general. I, I need to do something physical where I can see the results and that has no connection with the music business because I, I could be around with music and just write music for a living, but that would mean that I would need to be involved in the music business all the time. That's a little bit toxic environment to me, so I, I need the balance. I, I wouldn't need to work. I would be, probably would be able to support myself easily with music, but mentally it would be just too much because music business is, is music business. <laughs> so it's like I, I, need, I need the other side, and I do love the, the job. I've been, I, I've been doing gardening since I was 15, So oh, wow. Okay, and uh, going back to the album, did the other members of the band, Jonas, Laurie, and Vagilis, uh, did they have a chance to contribute to the writing of the album, or was it just you? Uh, Vagilis did, uh, did the guitar solo, so he, and he was, he's the newest member. He, he was confirmed as a member after the album was already recorded, so he didn't have that much of a chance schedule-wise, but uh, usually I, I write at least 95% of the music, so it That, that didn't really change on this album. Then again, I, there's a lot of collaboration with Jonas when it comes to when, when I start actually putting the songs together. So, and uh, of course, naturally, each member has a big input when it comes to the overall sound. So even though, even though if they don't write music, them being in the band defines the sound of Wolfheart very, very strongly. 
Okay. And uh, uh, it's self-produced, right? The album? Yeah. Okay. So I have a question about that. At this point in time, you have five albums under your belt. And you also had a career before Wolfheart. Uh, and you self-produced the albums. Where do you go for criticism, for some ob objective criticism? Ah, uh, that's, that's a really good question, actually. It's, uh, I've, I've been working with same sound engineers for very long. Like, one of them is uh, from the previous career that you mentioned. Now. Uh, And the other guy I've been working also with almost 10 years. And uh, we are both like just, we are really good friends. And I really look up to them as professionals also. And th probably because we are such a good friends and there's no filter between us, I get really blunt uh, feedback from both of them. Saku, this uh, guy who recorded the album as a co-producer also. He has a he has a very strong opinions and he doesn't he's not afraid of uh, telling me when something sucks in his opinion. It doesn't mean that I ch would change my idea, but there is a lot of healthy criticism in the studio, and it's uh, I do I do also have a lot of like ongoing ongoing discussion with both of the sound engineers. I do ask quite often what they think about this and should this arrangement be like this. So it's. Uh, Even though it's, uh, I like to produce the albums myself, it doesn't mean that I'm just gonna go in the studio and push my my opinion and point of view through and don't listen to anybody else. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And I know you do write music for yourselves and not for the fans, but uh, at the same time, with each new album comes the responsibility of making a better one than the previous one. Do you have that in mind when you write, or do you just write what comes to you? What's the process like? Uh, I write what comes into my mind. Uh, But uh, but it, uh, it's more clearly with the, uh, when it comes to actually make. It's a different stage when you are writing the songs and when you are actually making the album in the studio or you are preparing for the studio. Because uh, the biggest goal is to be better musician, to have a better production that kind of like a gives better foundation for the music that you wrote. So there's always I try to do better production, better. Uh, like a pre-production so it's, it's actually with the songs only thing the songs need to do is 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 be good to my ears then i can't compare the songs for the older ones i can't think uh would the fans like this gun drum pattern or is this too fast or this is too slow but when the songs are written and i'm in the studio actually building the album then i compare the production with the previous albums then i then i think what kind of guitar sounds or what kind of uh, different things would uh, support this written song better. So that mentality comes, comes in, but only at the studio when the songs are already uh, written. Okay. And do you think you have full freedom from Napalm Records to write whatever you want, or do they tell you what they expect from you? What is that relationship like? Uh, I have complete freedom. That was something I, I agreed in the beginning. I, that's what I've always managed to have on different labels. And uh, it's, uh, they, they have opinions, and there are occasions where I ask their opinions, but there will never be a, a situation where they tell me what to do. And uh, I, I am really, really grateful with this uh, flexible cooperation because now I can just make the album the way I like. I just show them the cover art that we choose to do. We do the videos the way we want to do. So they are clearly just the part of the machinery releasing the music not dictating anything that we are doing at the moment. Okay. To me, that's the, the healthiest kind of relationship between record label and the band. So I'm glad yeah. you have that. Yeah, yeah. 
And now that you can tour for a few months, I know there's a concert which uh, will be made available for purchase online and it will be streamed on April 9th, right? Yeah. T tell us about that. Where can we find out about this? And uh, will you play songs for the, from the new album already? Yeah, there, there's going to be uh, songs from the new album. We have the India Go Go uh, like pre-sale going on. More information can be found on our, on our Instagram and Facebook. It's just something, because we lost the whole North American tour in a, in a snap of our fingers. It looks like we're going to lo lose all the gigs from the spring, and the summer doesn't look very good either, because uh, with this virus thing going on, the, having a big festival with tens of thousands of people gathering together sounds like, yeah. the, sounds like the worst idea you could ever have yeah. in this situation. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not confident. I'm already prepared that, uh, that this is, it's going to be bad for the summer. And uh, we really needed to have something, not just uh, we like in two levels. It would have been horrible to just stop the band completely. Every, we were preparing for the tour, excited to get on road, be able to play the new songs, and then nothing. So this was really important for us to keep ourselves active and not go into like completely blank mode just before the album comes out. And also, we really wanted to play for the uh, for our fans. And, uh, and we uh, checked our different options. Streaming didn't sound as a good plan because there's a lot of time differences. A lot of people don't probably have the good enough internet connection uh, to be able to enjoy the gig in, in as, as good as possible quality. And I saw already few stream gigs and it's really complicated when there's an outsider person doing the editing or cutting like as the stream goes on. So it's... Uh, I think this way we can uh, we can uh, ensure a lot better quality for the fans. Yeah, and I think it's a sign of adapting to the the new normal, right, or the new times that we're living on. We hope that 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 the new normal is not going to become reality because yeah. uh, we did shoot the gig already, and now, now we are in the editing editing of the video. We had ten cameras, so it's a huge uh, workload. But uh, it felt so weird. Empty, empty venue. A lot of the, of the enjoyment of playing live comes from the energy between the band and the audience. Yeah, when you take the whole energy away, that's just, I really, really hope that that's not going to be the new normal. This is just the phase that's uh, go away in a few months and we get to do the old school live, uh, live uh, gigs again. Oh, yeah. I mean, and uh, the whole Devastation of the Nation tour with you guys, Rotten Christ, Borknagar, and a bunch of other bands is now postponed to February, March next year. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly hope we get everything started with this coronavirus thing by, by then, I hope. Yeah, me, definitely me too. Yeah. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for the interview. Stay safe out there and all the best with Wolves of Karelia. Thank you. Thanks, man. Take care. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this interview with Thomas from Wolfheart. You can listen to it also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Also, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to finish now with the song Hail of Steel from Wolfheart's new album, Wolves of Karelia. Take care, and rock on! Rock on!